Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Happy Friday, Edwin. <laughs> Happy Friday, Andrew. Love the weekend. Love it. If maybe someone that uh, likes to join these conversations will be in the Tampa area, uh, come worship with us, Livingston, this Sunday. All the information can be found at our website, christiansmeethere.org, christiansmeethere.org. We'd love to meet you. I want to read, uh, one of, again, faithful listener sent us, sent us this email. One of the other translations she recommended was one that I hadn't even considered at all, but you actually had on your shelf. So I think we're going to go ahead and read this one today. So looking at you holding that Bible there, this was the first Bible my parents ever got me. And I remember begging for this Bible uh, because uh, we were at a bookstore somewhere and I took it down and I started reading it aloud to my parents. And they're like, well, I mean, he's he's really coming along as a reader. We'll get him this Bible. Awesome. And it's the International Children's Bible, the NCV. I think NCV, I didn't look at the front page here. I think that stands for New Century Version, isn't that? Yeah, New Century Version. So came out in 1986. Were you a little kid in 86? I was a little kid in 86. Like I said, Gen X. There you go. I, so I, was, an, I was a young reader in 1986. <laughs> well, we're going to go ahead and read Psalm 9 from this uh, New Century Version, the International Children's Bible. Let's just see how it goes. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell all the miracles you have done. I will be happy because of you. God most high, I will sing praises to your name. My enemies turn back. They are overwhelmed and die because of you. You have heard what I complained to you about. You sat on your throne and judged by what was right. You spoke strongly against the foreign nations and destroyed the wicked people. You wiped out their names forever and ever. The enemy is gone forever. You destroyed their cities. No one even remembers them. But the Lord rules forever. He sits on his throne to judge. The Lord will judge the world by what is right. He will decide what is fair for the nations. The Lord defends those who suffer. He protects them in times of trouble. Those who know the Lord trust him. He will not leave those who come to him. Sing praises to the Lord who is king on Mount Zion. Tell the nations what he has done. He remembers who the murderers are. He will not forget the cries of those who suffer. Lord, be kind to me. See how my enemies hurt me. Do not let me go through the gates of death. Then at the gates of Jerusalem I will praise you. I will rejoice because you saved me. The nations have fallen into the pit they dug. Their feet are caught in the nets they laid. The Lord has made himself known by his fair decisions. The wicked get trapped by what they do. Wicked people will go to the grave. So will all those who forget God. Those who have troubles will not be forgotten. The hopes of the poor will not die. Lord, rise up and judge the nations. Don't let humans think they are strong. Teach them to fear you, Lord. The nations must learn that they are only human. They're only human. Only human. The Net Bible yesterday said mere mortals. I really yeah, liked that. They're only, only men. Yeah. So, wow, what a, what a uh, call, I guess, a call to the Lord. Uh, not imprecation. But uh, certainly a call for action. Verse 19, Lord, 
do not let man prevail, right? Mm -hmm. But teach them fear, teach them to know they're only men. They're only men. Only men. Uh, This reminds me of the two greatest lessons I've ever learned. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lesson number one, there is a God. Mm -hmm. Lesson number two, I'm not him. <laughs> Good lessons to learn. <laughs> I, I, I guess uh, where I where I'm at is I think that one of the great challenges to faith, uh, particularly when we are in a place of persecution or uh, like it talks about here in this psalm, a place of being um, oppressed, is that uh, we see the oppressors, but we don't always see God. Mm. I mean, he's he's invisible, and we we're trusting he's there, and we're trusting he's listening. But uh, but the threat, the fear, is very real because we see that. We can quantify that. Well, that's what this psalm has been all about. And I, I understand as we're reading this psalm that the the moment in which David is writing is is somewhat obscured. There's 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 mostly just a hint that things are not as they ought to be, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's almost all the way here at the end. For the needy shall not always be forgotten, and the hope of the poor shall not perish forever. He mentions earlier about those who hate him, mm-hmm. so he's he's facing that. Yeah, the psalm so says, so David whatever's is. whatever's going on, David is in the thick of it. He's facing enemies, and it seems that his nation is facing it as well. Mm-hmm. But you pointed this out on Monday, optimism, optimism, optimism. Why? Because I know the name of my God. Yes. And I know that the people who are against me are just mere mortals. They're just mere mortals. And there's the power of recalling all the history. We said that this wasn't just pie in the sky, but David is pointing to how God has acted in times past, what he's done with the nations in times past. And so it's good to remember that God has moved before to deal with the unrighteous men, to bring about a righteous judgment. And so there's hope for today that he'll act uh, on behalf of his people. There's something very literal about this in the time of David. Very literal. You know, today we talk about men and government leaders who are arrogant and while they think they're God. And Mm. we mean that in a very figurative way. We know that none of these guys really think they're God. Not not like a Caesar did or... Not like a Caesar did, <laughs> maybe a or Babylonian a Pharaoh Empire, did, Pharaoh, yeah. or a Nebuchadnezzar did. Really, yeah. Because back during the time of David, these kings very often believed they were gods, mm. and they had their people claim that they were gods, and they were supposed to worship them. This really, when he calls to mind the judgment of the nations, while for the most part he's talking about this conquest of the promised land, mm-hmm. you you can't hear the conquest of the promised land without thinking about how it began. It began with Israel being delivered from Egypt. Sure. And what did Pharaoh need to learn? Mm-hmm. Pharaoh needed to learn. I'm just a man. He was just a man. I am just a man. I cannot. When Moses comes to Pharaoh for the first time and says, the Israelites need to be, you know, they need to go for a three-day journey and worship their God, Yahweh. And Pharaoh says, who's that? Yeah. I don't know who that is. Moses says, well. You're about to meet him. You're going to learn. By the time this is done, you're going to know who he is. You're going to know who you are. Yeah. You need to know that you're just a man. David is calling for that same kind 
of justice to be administered against the nations that are coming against him and against Israel at this time. You know, even um, in our last season, we were going through Acts. Uh, there was a there was a, a section there where the Herod was giving the speech, and uh, you know the people are heaping all these praises upon him. The voice of a god and not a man. The voice of a god and not a man. And he's just taking it all there. And and uh, a very proud moment when the Lord strikes him for his pride, and he dies of worms. By the time he was done, he understood. Oh. I'm just a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. just a man. I'm just a man. I think of the story, I think it's Rudyard Kipling, the man who would be king, who, and the movie has Sean Connery playing this character who convinces a village that he's a god. And so he's going to be their king. Mm. And, you know, there's all this worship and there's all kinds of following him until one day the woman that he has decided is going to be his wife slaps him. At least this is the movie version. I don't quite remember the story version, but she slaps him and he bleeds. And everybody knows gods don't Don't bleed. bleed. And uh, and so they kill him. And so (laughs) he learned he was just a man. Everybody learned he was just a man. Now, you know, here's something amazing about that, because Mm -hmm. in a completely different direction than I was thinking we were going to go on this, makes me think about Jesus, because, of course, there was, there was God. The God man. Bleeding. Yeah. Because he became man. But he was not a mere mortal. Yeah. He was not only human. Mm -hmm. He was more than that. Mm -hmm. But he, he became human. He took on flesh. He became one of us. He condescended from the throne of heaven to be one of us, to die as one of us. A little lower than the angels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about that? So really you keep mentioning all these other passages. So what you're saying is one passage in the Bible is connected to other passages in the Bible? I believe so. There's a Holy Spirit that inspired it all. Yeah, it all, I mean, all of this stuff comes full circle and it fits together as we see this beautiful picture. David wants us to understand all the nations need to understand they are merely men, which again, just gets me to the point of realizing, number one, I'm only a man, but my Savior was not only a man. Even in the teachings of Jesus, we find that he encourages his disciples with this truth, to remember that God is God, mm-hmm. and take courage in that, even when we are being threatened by men. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 10, in verse 28, Jesus said, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? Not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. Men have figured out ways to inflict terrible, awful torment and pain. Mm -hmm. And, oh man, sometimes when I think about if that ever got started again, and especially towards Christians, I I don't know how I would handle that. Well, I think I would not handle it well. <laughs> it's going to take the strength and power of God for me to handle that well. Yeah. But the memory and the recognition that they can only do that for a time. Mm-hmm. You know, they may be able to figure out how to make it last hours, maybe even days, but they can't make it last forever. In the early church, the martyrdom was considered by the believers the gift of martyrdom. And it was the gift of faith. When Paul talks about uh, someone given a gift of faith, well, what did that mean? The ability to hold the faith and not recant mm. through the torture, through the persecution. Uh, I'm not saying that's the 
only interpretation of gift of faith, but I know uh, in connection with persecution, that was the ancient one. Oh, that's what the gift of faith is when you suffered unto death. And the story of Polycarp, who they tried Mm -hmm. to get to deny Jesus, and he Mm -hmm. says, he's he's never done anything wrong to me. Why would I deny him now? Why can I deny him now? Why would I do that? I'm not going to do that. The recognition that they can call us names, Mm -hmm. they can break our bones, they can torment us, and I get it. It can be painful for a significant period of time, again, hours, days, but not forever. No. And, but God... God holds eternity in his hand. Mm-hmm. God holds eternity in his hand. And and recognizing that whatever men and women bring against us, they are mere mortals. Mm-hmm. They will lose. So there's the there's the there's the lesson I need to learn. There's a God and I'm not him. Everybody who comes against me, they're merely mortals, but my God is more than that and yeah. will ultimately bring about justice. But now there's the the teaching to the nations. I think we need to pray that that the nations, the leaders of the nations will realize themselves they are merely mortals. And when they realize they're merely mortals, that they will humble themselves before the one true king. I said weeks ago that I thought I understood why Psalm 1 and 2 were the first two psalms because they give you this entryway to all the psalms. Do you remember in Psalm 2 what he said? He said to the kings of the nations, Mm, that's right, kiss the sun. Mm-hmm. And what what is going to prompt them to kiss the sun, to worship the sun, to bring their worship and obeisance and, and allegiance to him? It's the realization that I, I may be a leader of a nation, mm-hmm. but I am merely mortal. The sun, mm-hmm. the sun. Jesus Christ. Ultimately, what that was talking about is Jesus. He's, he's more than that. I need to surrender to him. Mm. Oh, what a powerful thing. Well, it is the end of the week. I've had some really good discussions, I feel like. I've enjoyed our look at Psalm 9. This is oh, yeah. this That's has been a, a wonderful song. week for me. So I, I hope it's been good for, for you too, Andrew, as these discussions. And for all who got to hear in our, hear in, uh, hear our conversation. I don't know how I should even say it. Hear our conversations. Listen in on. That's the phrase I'm looking for. Listen in on our conversations. We'd love to hear what you're learning, what you would like to add to this, things that are helping you from the Psalms. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Please, sometime over this weekend, get on your favorite podcast app, rate this podcast, review it, share it with a friend. We'd love for other people to get to be a part of these conversations, and we appreciate your helping us out with that. Let's go ahead and wrap up with a prayer. Our great God and Father, Lord, thank you for this day, for this week, that we have been able to spend time each day looking at this Psalm 9. Father, as we are wrapping up these these thoughts this week, we are certainly struck by the truth that you are God, we are not. Father, we are men and women created in your image, and that's a wonderful privilege. But in the great challenges and even adversaries of day-to-day life, we are facing men and women, mere mortals, Father, help us to keep that all in perspective, that you are the great God, you are the deliverer, you bring justice. Father, we do pray for the nations. We pray for all those people outside of Christ and outside of your church, that they might know your truth in the gospel. Come to you through Christ and bring glory to your name and faithful life of discipleship. We pray that for us this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. 
Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Wait.